Good evening and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70. It's about at C70 on Twitter. Uh, Alan Medlock out again this week. Um, the baseball responsibilities piling up and he had a little bit of free time, so he didn't want to send it talking to me. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ben Saruti is joining us from Birds of the Black and at STL Fan BC7, right? Did I get it right? Yes. On the Twitter? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, ben apparently has hit his head hard enough that he will talk to me on on a Saturday <laughs> night when the season is just now getting going and the NCAA tournament is on the TVs. But um, Ben, how are you this evening? I'm doing well, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Although I, I do have to say that being the second Ben on this season is is a little disheartening. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of a flip the coin type of thing. You know, I think we had you on first last year, so we have to alternate uh, All right, when, when we get our, our bins in. Um, you know, I don't know when Humphreys is coming on, but, you know, um, <laughs> Hawkman, some point in time. Uh, would love to have Ben Clemens on. Um, basically, ben Fred, you know. uh, yeah, Ben Fred, somewhat. Uh, uh, you know, I, Ben Fred's too broad for me sometimes. I mean, he's got a whole wide range of things to cover. That's so, true. That's true. Uh, plus, that he's not coming on here. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, that's one person, I, I, you know, way off topic, but, you know, the media has been fairly good about showing up on podcasts, but the, the Post Dispatch guys, well, Hawk, Hawkman will, obviously. Uh, Post Dispatch right. guys don't do as much uh, bopping around on our all our little shows. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't I haven't know. asked them to be on mine, yeah. so I don't know. It may be part of it too. It's a, it's a lack of asking or a lack of of uh, schedule. Um, they have a lot of a lot on their plates, so they may not have just the time, a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, and they have a lot more on their plates right now because this season has actually started. We saw a baseball Thank game goodness. yesterday. Yes, um, saw at least some of it. I didn't get to see very much because the my typical complaint about spring training games is you know they're in the middle of the day so they're very hard to watch when you have to be gainfully employed as you well know as well um so you well, thankfully i was i was on spring break yesterday so i actually got yeah. to see bits and pieces of it um i actually was was busy for the first inning or two but i caught enough on the mlb app on my phone that my son turned on and stole the phone from me but i heard enough <laughs> but i kind of got through the first couple of innings at least listening well there you go that's that's something and i did listen to the first couple of innings at the office um also really hitting home that um recording and mike claiborne are going to be the guys with john rooney um i think it's kind of one of those like that put in the back of my mind um but it's, it's here, you know, now, and that's a, it's going to be a different experience. I think, and I don't know how much you get off the radio. I don't get as much as, you know, obviously as I do on TV, but still not having 
you know, not having Mike Shannon for sure is, you know, little as the game as you might get from Mike Shannon, but still just that voice and um, the connections, it's going to be very different. Uh, radio experience this year yeah for a lot of fans it's going to be it's going to be very different um i i am one who oftentimes will have the game on but the volume low no matter whose volume it is whether it's the home team announcers or road team announcers um wherever i can find it you know usually on tv but um I did make sure to go back last year and change the audio input to the radio just a few times, just to make sure I could listen to Shannon one more time. But uh, I think like kind of got put on social media a lot that Shannon was, a. it sounded different last year. It didn't sound quite like him. It sounded like it might've been, might've been about time to get out. So I don't know. Yeah. I think, he, between age and uh, the COVID battle really sounded like it took a, a lot out of him. And so, yeah, last year yeah. was was a bit not, you know, yes, it's time to go, but still, you know, you still, yeah, still kind of wish they had made a little bit of a broader search for his replacement, maybe. But um, it is what it is, and that's probably in line with what the Cardinals do. If we want to transition, use that as a transition point, because the Cardinals haven't taken a broad search on, on replacements. At least they have not, does not seemingly done a broad search given who they've brought in this year to fix the problems that they may have. Um, And those problems are kind of multiplying now. Jack Flaherty on the, on the bench, on the, it's not the injured list yet because they don't have one in spring, but he probably will be there uh, for a couple of weeks. Alex Reyes looks like he's out till June and it's Alex Reyes's history. You just don't necessarily count on even a return at that point. Um, pitching depth is getting tested really early. Yeah. Um, and with Flaherty, if it being with it being a slap thing, I, I know he said he's got the same Terry's pitched through for four or five years, but. Man, anytime you hear anything with labrums and shoulders, I, I just my brain wants to count both of them out for the year already, and it's just such a bummer yeah. coming on the you know the same day that the first spring training hit day game hits. You know, you you come out with a four two win, and you're like, well, was it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so how much do you buy into that then with Flaherty? Because we are, you know, that is the idea right now that he's had this tear for three or four years. And it would be very interesting, I think, to find out when this tear started to show up. Did he have it in 19 when he had that great run? Or has it been? He says yes. Run? I don't know. Okay. I didn't see that. So Yeah, he said um, it's been it's been there for four to five years, which would put it 17 or 18 that, that they first yeah. noticed it. So. Um, it's more the inflammation right now that seems to be at least his issue and the team's issue, but it's still the fact, I guess, that it's, you know, it's being put out there now where it hasn't been for the last two or three years. I know you said you're already kind of mentally counting them out for, for a long period of time, but I mean, even if he is healthy, what do you think you get out of him? If he's really been pitching with us for the last few years, I mean, Flaherty's been, great when healthy. I, uh, I mean, I know the beginning of eight, uh, 19 wasn't very great, but 2019, obviously we know ended very well. Um, right. 2020 just seemed like a, 
seemed like an off year stats wise for him, but it was really like one terrible game that killed his stats. And then 2021, yeah, before be, he got, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you just throw out a lot of 2020 anyway, just with the weird routines and, and everything. It's difficult to really get a read on them. Right. But I mean, you look at last year, I mean, he threw 15 games before he got hurt. He was going over five a game innings. He had a three, two, two ERA. He was striking out more than one an inning. He was walking less than three per nine. He was giving up. He gave up six and a half hits per nine. I mean, he was walking over three or striking out three for every one, more than three for every one he walked. He, he looked much more like himself last year, the the typical flair you'd think of. I mean, if he had put up 33 starts of that, we would have talked been talking about him in 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 Wainwright's class, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not quite cuz Wainwright threw six and a half innings a start instead of five and a third or whatever, but but we would have been talking about him as as easily the number 2 and definitely coming into the year as the 2 possibly the 1 again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if he has that kind of year, you might even just, you're still talk, probably talking maybe at, as the ace just because of his age and everything, even though, well, acknowledging Wainwright had a better year, you still probably feel a little bit more confident because of his age if he had been healthy, but he, he hasn't been healthy. And that's, that's the, that's a, a kicker. And unfortunately, that seems to have shifted him into a category for a number of fans that was recently vacated by one Carlos Martinez and that, you know, uh, not in there, it doesn't feel like anything Flaherty's going to do is going to be right. Um, do you yeah. think there's going to be a significant flashback on him? You know, again, I don't know that most fans are like that, but it's becoming more and more of people that are like, well, this guy just can't stay healthy. What's the use? Yeah, I feel like there's always going to be a whipping boy on offense and a whipping boy on defense. Mm-hmm. It feels like the whipping boy on offense has shifted to Paul DeYoung. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like I feel like maybe it's just shifting to Flaherty. I, I think it may have shifted to Reyes had had Flaherty not also gotten injured at the same time. And you know, there's things that part of the parts of the fan base don't like about Flaherty that go way outside of pitching. So um, that that. Yeah that kind of shifts it a lot easier to him, especially since he's so vocal on social media. Um, yeah. That, that, you know, that might've hurt his case as well with, with certain fans. So, yeah, he, he's vocal yet cryptic at times too. True. Uh, yeah, he or should I have responded? LOL. Yeah. <sighs> is the ability to reference things that are, are not quite seen. Uh, at least he went back this time and kind of explained his LOL. Um, and it seems to be, seems to be a little bit of setting him up against, I don't know. He kind of set himself up against the media there, didn't he? I mean, with the, he uh, I think it was more the front office. I think it was more the front office this time. This is the first time I feel like he's, really taking a shot at the front office. Everything else that people have taken or perceived as against the front office, I feel like have been against the system, you know, with arbitration and all that. Right. But right. I think that was, if I'm reading into it, I'm reading into it as more of a front office issue than a reporting issue because you can only report what is said to you. And what was True. said to him was out there in the public and, easy to find so that's true and i i 
think you're probably right. There is a possibility that he felt like he felt like what Mo said was accurate and it had been blown out of proportion by some of the media. Um, that's true. That could that's be it as well. Bit, you know, I'm not saying that that is the case. Um, you're probably right that it is more front office E. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that think that Jack Flaherty is gone as soon as he hits free agency, which I'm not necessarily in that boat. I'm not saying he's going to stay around, but I also think that it's going to be, you know, I think Jack Flaherty, like most players, but definitely in certain more cases than not, it's going to be who gives him a big contract. I think he knows his worth and that's fair. Um, but that's also a couple of years down the road and he's got to be healthy to get that kind of contract. And with his history right now, be interesting to see if he could get that way, because I don't know, I guess with a good, you know, if he comes back well enough this year at some point and then has a good another year next year, maybe he can build that value back up. But his history is going to make it a little bit dicey right now. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and I feel like that that's the pitching staff as a whole outside of Wainwright is, it's just like health and all that is a little dicey trying to, trying to figure out who's going to get innings where. And I was just kind of thinking about that as you were talking too, just, just broader than Flaherty. Yeah. And I mean, and you, you know, Wainwright is Wainwright, but Wainwright's also 40, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to fall off a cliff, and he definitely looked good yesterday. So there's no real indications that he's going to be a problem. But uh, again, he's when he gets into the season, and especially when he gets into the latter half of the season, you know, where is that going to be? So there are a lot of concerns. I, you know, the Reyes news. I won't say it didn't bother me because obviously you hate to see that, uh -oh. but I hadn't really counted on Reyes to be much of a contributor this year. Anyway, I don't, I mean, I know he's got his stuff, but I'm still, you know, leery about that command and how he actually gets used. So to not have Reyes, unfortunately is something that the Cardinals are fairly used to. And I mean, he just can't catch a break. Can he? No, he can't. And as far as the Cardinals go, I feel like, with relievers, it's easier. They're, they seem to be a bit more fungible to begin with, with, you know, 60 innings to 70 innings is a, a huge load for them. And and so for relievers who give you 30 or 40, 40 innings here or there, you know, you, you kind of get used to seeing that anyway. And, and so trying to replace that is not necessarily as tough as, you know, trying to replace a Flaherty and, and with a guy like Reyes, who, you know, it's always a possibility. I think that as far as the team goes, there's going to be a lot more ways to, to be okay with that. I think hearing that news prior to the Flaherty news almost made it worse though, just because I think that they were hoping he would come into camp ready to be like that number six or seven. Um, I, I don't know that they would have come out and said that necessarily. And I guess Mo kind of cautioned against it when, when the, you know, when the lockout happened and it, it right. finally broke and they could talk to the media and he was saying, well, we don't know where Reyes and Hicks are. Um, mm -hmm. but, and they wouldn't have time to stretch I, out necessarily. Right. But I mean, if, if, if Ray had, if Reyes had come in and said, yeah, I did this all off season and I'm up to, you know, four innings or three and a half innings or something. Mm -hmm. I think they were going to go in with the with you know Reyes either being 
a long guy to cover innings by, you know, Matts or Michaelis or Hudson who don't go deep typically. And, and maybe even be like that sixth or seventh starter. I think they were going to count on him a lot to, to gain on those innings from the last couple of years that he's finally been able to build up. And then hearing that news prior to the Flaherty news just, just was a double whammy that there's two of your top six, two of your top seven. Yeah, and that's fair. And, I mean, I don't – there's been talk about how maybe Ali Marmol will be a little bit more creative and not necessarily like openers and stuff like that, but a little bit more of a, you know, long relief guys and stuff of that nature. I guess we're going to find that out really quick because they're going to have to uh, figure it all out soon. And with the, with the lockout, you know, you're not going to have anybody probably going five innings that first time out, except for Adam Wainwright, because that's just what he does. Um, (laughs) He's going to come out and throw a perfect game, nine inning shutout or something that first game, because who knows it's Pittsburgh. Why not? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he, he got pretty darn close to that a couple times last year, and Pittsburgh <laughs> didn't get any better. So, um, you know, sounds like a plan to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he may we may get to find out how creative Mormol's going to be. But, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they probably had Reyes at least somewhat in that mix. Again, I'm still hesitant about figuring that out because I didn't see him being a starter. So I wasn't – I just didn't know how they were going to use him as long, man. But now we, it's a, it's kind of a moot point. And now, you know, you know, look, if he's out till mid June, he's going to have to go through the rehab process and all that. It, it doesn't feel to me like he's going to be able to build up to anything more than maybe two innings, probably for the, the bulk of the year. Right. So it's another year of him being a, a reliever and, and not being a real starter option. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really think that's, that's going to be, his lot in life as it goes, you know, like uh, in the baseball world, I don't, I don't think he's going to progress beyond that at this point. If he, if he's even getting back to that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's so hard to believe that what, you know, 2016 when he came up, right. I mean, that's, that's a long time ago for a guy that just now has, has less than 150 innings in the major leagues. That's two managers ago for the Cardinals. (laughs) True. And that's, you know, not usually something you can, I mean, there's been Cardinals that have only played for one uh, and had a decent <laughs> career, you know? So um, uh, there, there have been times when the Cardinals have had one manager in each position cycled through a couple different players. Um, yeah, that's, that is true. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, he's just, it's a snake bit star cross, whatever you want to put it. Cause it doesn't sound, I mean, except for the, you know, punching the door and right. then um, the other, you know, marijuana early on in his career, most of everything that has happened to him has not been really his fault. He's just, you know, he's just had injuries it's, and yep, it's just throwing a baseball overhanded mm-hmm. and going, I mean, it just feels like he's going to be in that. What if category that, you know, a healthy Rick and Keel and, you know, or <laughs> mentally healthy Rick Inkit, I guess it's the best way to put it. Um, yeah. And others have, have been that just never quite panned out. Um, so, yeah. So then we have what we have, and the Cardinals don't seem to be actively looking for anything to help with that. I mean, 
you know, you keep hearing that they're kind of talking to Oakland. We'll see if anything happens there. But, you know, people like Michael Panada and, and others that aren't necessarily, you know, your top of the rotation guys, but could fill innings and could probably be at least league average, maybe not a little bit better, are signing for, you know, fairly regular, reasonable deals. And it doesn't seem like the Cardinals have even been in the mix for that, at least for what we know. They just seem to be content with the options they have. And that seems, it seems dangerous to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wrote basically an entire article about that yesterday is, yeah. is that, that, yeah, the whole off season has seemed quite, I don't know, lackadaisical to me. I don't know, Like, I don't know. I, I very much dis disheartened by this off season. Um, I feel like a lot of Cardinal Nation at the time, Stephen Matz was hired, wanted Marcus Stroman. And Marcus Stroman, I feel like everything they liked about Matz, except for the fact that they threw left-handed, uh, Stroman did better. You know, they wanted a ground ball guy. Well, Stroman's 20% better at that. They wanted the guy who didn't walk people. Well, Stroman's what, I forget what I wrote, 5 10% better at that. Um they wanted a guy, they didn't talk about wanting innings, but Stroman's going to give them probably 30 to 50 more a year. And, and boy, they could really use those 30 to 50 innings right now. Um, yep. That said, I think their best hire this offseason was probably Aaron Brooks. And I say that before his start or his two innings yesterday where he struck out five. But... You know, I, I feel like he could be the, the star of the offseason for them, and he's on a minor league contract, so he might not even get to play for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it is going to be very interesting to see how that works, because you're right. It, it feels like the Cardinals have kind of, I don't want to say they've locked in their team yet, but it's pretty close. Even with these injuries, you know, there's – there's not a lot of wiggle room because of the contracts they've signed. I'm very surprised that at least one of those, you know, probably the, the Whitgren signing wasn't a minor league deal. Um, yeah. That, that one surprised me a lot. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they're, I mean, they have their metrics. They've done all right with picking these kind of guys out. So I'm sure there's something, but just seemed like a guy not didn't seem like a guy that you just had to guarantee a spot for when you have some some guys coming up and some guys that are there's more of their guys that are free of uh, like Jake Woodford still has options and some others that I didn't think still did I think the only person that's really on the da- dancing with that is Junior Fernandez and I even one site shows that he still has an option I'd read that he was out but I think I think roster resource shows him with still one so I guess they have some flexibility, but it still feels like they're going to kind of run out of spots pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I was talking to a couple people about this the other day on Twitter that, I mean, I think Cody Whitley might be one of their top two pen arms mm-hmm. this year with Gio Gallegos, but I am not convinced he's going to break with the major league squad. Um, I mean, like you, you figure, Reyes is probably on the DL. Helsley has options, but they're not going to use that. He's entrenched now, I think. Cabrera's got options. I think he's entrenched. Um, yeah. I think Hicks has options, but he's 
either going to be on the IL or on the roster. Um, See, I mean, it, it, I'd like to, before, before we get too far along, because that is something that's really surprising me. Um, just because, I mean, he's thrown what five innings, 10 innings over the last three years. They've talked about trying to make him a starter. It seems like that's a, a pretty reasonable thing to let him start in Memphis you know, build up some innings, give him a chance to at least get back on the mound instead of throwing him right back into the major league bullpen. So I, I thought they would do that, but it really does sound like they're planning on him going to the major league roster. And I'm just not real. I'm not sold on that. Just give it. Yeah, see, give uh, it yeah. I'm not sure on that. I mean, he, he did have 28 and two thirds innings in 2019 and he had between major leagues and minor leagues last year, he had 17 and two thirds. So not quite five, but I mean, we're talking less than, Less than fifty innings. Um, yeah. Well, in and three all those seasons. ones in nineteen were before the surgery, so right, um, right, and so less so, than I mean, twenty innings since the surgery. Right, um, but yeah, and and I forget if it, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts the last two days, and I can't remember who you were talking to, but somebody you were talking to was talking about um, about with Hicks, like you know, getting him stretched out is probably not the worst thing in the world with with a guy who throws as hard as he does you know, the breaking point on the arm is, is right on up there. But if he can, if he can sit 101, 102 with movement instead of throwing 104, you know, that's probably better on his arm. And, and you figure with a, with a sinker going multiple innings on that sinker slider it might be better on him than, than being up and, you know, up and loose several times a week instead of just the once or twice he would pitch. Um, so, so I can see the benefits to that. I, I could see him benefiting from a piggyback approach, which Marmol has already said he would prefer to go into the spring with five set starters and no piggyback, but which surprised me, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really do get the feeling like he is up. Uh, and I think part of that's going to be, it's Yachty's last year and Yachty has a lot of respect for Hicks and is the one that got you know, got Schilt to keep him on the roster to begin with, I think, or got Yeah, yeah. Talked to Bo into it, I think. It it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Schilt, yeah. Schilt no, it was Matheny, wasn't it? Was that Matheny's last year? 2018, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So talked Matheny yeah. and Mo into it. So right. with Yachty, you know, Yachty coming into camp on Monday and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he's coming into camp Monday like they think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Yachty's back, Hicks is back if he's healthy. That's probably right. And it does feel like, hey, he's an established major leaker, even though he doesn't have a sense of track record of the major league. Um, and so we're going to, you know, when he's ready, we're going to use him. If he's healthy, we're going to use him up there. I, you know, again, right? they've talked so much about his, you know, regulating maybe a regular routine would help his diabetes and, and things like that, that it's just surprising that they're, kind of scrapping all that again he probably it does sound like they might pitch him like you know it's like two innings every three days no matter the situation but i don't know that that's the way you want to use the guy like that if you're going to use him in your bullpen maybe he is yeah if they are who they think he is right or if he is who they think he is then then he needs to be that higher leverage role right not right they we're going to throw every three days no matter what yeah, if you want to regulate him, turn him into a starter. Let him get some innings in Memphis. If you if you 
You're going to use him as a reliever, though. Yeah, I think you want him in that seventh or eighth inning on the regular. Um, you know, so far, it's early, very early. It's a week of spring training. But the talk of, you know, wanting five regular starters seems to go a little bit against this idea of Marmol as a flexible metrics kind of guy. We saw Tommy Edmund lead off in the first game, which again, first game, you know, I don't think we necessarily read too much into it, but it would have been an interesting statement to see Edmund batting sixth or seventh, right? I mean, maybe it would have made it feel like this is a, <laughs> a new sheriff in town or something right now. You know, again, small sample size, but it's starting to feel a little bit like maybe things didn't change as much as we thought they were going to. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to read into one game, but if I were going to, I, I would come to that same conclusion. I think, um, you know, I, I'm not going to get up in arms over one game though, and it's our right. first baseball game, and we're actually going to get 162 this year. So I was just happy to see baseball. It could have been, you know. Nolan Gorman playing center field and leading off and, and them saying, we're going to do that this year. And I think I still would have been happy for yesterday. So, <laughs> And that's fair. I, again, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I feel bad about complaining, even complaining about it. I, you know, I don't know that I'm complaining, but just, just pointing it out that yep, we have yep, spent yeah, a lot yeah, of time yeah. talking about different things and then, you and know, it was the same. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, yesterday could have been a game that, that Mike Schultz drew up. It's and true. again, you know, it's, it's first thing it may be, you know, and, and to be fair, Ollie Marmol hasn't had a chance to talk to these guys until a week ago either. Um, he doesn't, I mean, except for the fact that he was with the team last year. So he has some idea about capabilities and stuff like that, but you know, he doesn't necessarily know where everybody's at in their training, where everybody's at. And so right now it might be easier just to kind of, okay, this is what it was last year. Let's stay with that. And then let's, let's start to gather some data. Um, it was just, you know, a little bit, a little bit surprising. Um, Cardinals also signed an outfielder. You've signed two swingman pitcher types, and now they've signed an outfielder DH pinch hit bat in Corey Dickerson. Um, again, not one that you were enamored with. Um, so if you want to go ahead and talk about that part of it, I'll, I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> So Dickerson to me, he was a guy, let me preface this by saying I've heard he's a great clubhouse guy. Um, I've, he's a guy who before last year, I wrote a whole article about um, testing out trade options for Carlos Martinez and Dickerson had a, had a very tough 2020 season uh, just as Carlos had had a tough couple seasons with injury and all that. And, and I said, you know, he might be a guy who maybe you could flop for, for Carlos. And I was kind of all aboard saying, you know, well, he had one bad year. Well, now Dickerson's 33 years old. He's had two bad years in a row. Last year, he couldn't hit the fastball at all. And even against right-handed hitters, right-handed pitchers, I mean, as a lefty, he, he was average. Um, and so you're bringing in a guy who... Uh, I don't know. And I could be wrong. JP Hill wrote a great article today over at Viva Alberto's about, about how he doesn't think Dickerson's going to really take too much playing time with the invent of the DH and the NL. Mm-hmm. Um, that opening up another slot for him to be. 
you know, he, he doesn't think that, that it's going to stunt anybody's development really. Um, and, and I hope he's right. I hope it doesn't. Um, but Dickerson seems very redundant to me. Um, he basically is Lars Newtbar with a prior track record that is not as good recently as Lars Newtbar. And Newtbar's 23, 24 this year. Dickerson's 33. So Dickerson's on the downswing and Newtbar's on the upswing. And they're going to pay Dickerson seven and a half times what Newtbar's making to hopefully sit the bench, right? I mean, that's got to be the hope is that he's a bench guy. If he's your starter at DH, something's gone horrifically wrong with Newtbar and Yepes and Gorman and maybe Brendan Donovan and maybe Paul DeYoung or Edmundo Sosa. And so if he becomes a primary starter for your $5 million, yeah, you're going to get a little bit more money out of that or a bit more value out of your money, but that's not at all what the Cardinals want to happen. Uh, I don't, it feels like a spending money to say that you spent money signing to me. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, there there is some idea of, you know, we've talked about it. I know JP has done the um, payroll analysis numerous times over the last couple of years. He comes up with some different numbers than places like um, fan graphs and such have. I still think there's some money to be spent. Um, he seems to be less less inclined in that regard. He's probably right. But yeah, I mean, if you're trying to get back to at least being able to say we're at last year's payroll, this kind of a deal helps, right? Um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't think, I mean, in one, maybe it does allow for a Newt Bar trade if you're going to be able to get one of those pitchers from Oakland. I don't think you're trading Newt Bar just to trade him, but if you're getting back some sort of, you know, upper quality and he's part of it that lets him be at least part of a deal, I, you know, maybe you could have done that anyway. Um, I don't know who would have been the fourth outfielder if Newt Bar was traded without Dickerson. Right, I mean, yeah, Corey Dickerson does become your fourth outfielder then. Yeah. Um, and I will say, him. I will say after the trade to Toronto last year, he did hit over 280 for an average and he mm-hmm. had a slugging over 450. So, Maybe they saw something in his data that said he's back. You know, maybe maybe that's the case too. Well, it can't be fun to play in Miami, depending on uh, you know if you're trying to win. I guess, although they've been better as of late, um, and it, it's also a guy that they probably saw. You know, you see a little bit of in the spring trainings, although 2020 they didn't because you know didn't have much of one, and then last year was fairly normal, I guess, spring, but just because they shared a complex, maybe a guy that they had some, some dealings with. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope he's more like the guy he was in Toronto, um, 110 OPS and at least a little bit above average in that regard. Uh, but I do think that I still feel like Newt Barr's your fourth right now. So he's your guy that's getting most of the DH spots. If Yepes isn't, um, he's the guy that's spelling, the outfield because, you know, you, you're fortunate enough to have three center fielders out there. Um, you can, if one guy takes up, you, you can put Newt Bar at the same spot and shift other people around if you need to. Um, I still think they like Newt Bar. I, I hope that I would be very surprised 
in this regime. Now, if Mike Matheny is still here, different story. Um, but under this regime, and given how much Newt Bart proved himself last year, I think it would take it would take a pretty rough April, May for Newt Bard to get kind of buried behind Dickerson, I think. I, I agree. I agree. And then speaking of Juan Pez, did you get to see him at all yesterday in the game or no? I don't think so. I was here for a while, but I had people coming to the house for various things. And so I think I distracted. I knew he came into the game, but I don't think I got to see him do anything. Gotcha. He looked, and I've talked to somebody who, who says that they believe that early in the year, it could be one of those things like even if Yepes does get, you know, the first month or two months to to figure it all out, that mm-hmm. that they could this, this person believes they could see Yepes being a one of those guys who if he doesn't hit early, he might he 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 didn't say like spiral out of control or anything, but he might be a guy that tries to push too much and push more than like yeah. you know, just want it too much. Right. Um, and kind of kind of lose his swing a little bit. So um, I, I did see him kind of looking that way a little bit yesterday. That he 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 really wanted to make an impression. It looked like, um, which is great. Um, and he did strike out in that, but he was able to come back and bounce back and get a walk. Um, so I was kind of excited to see that that he was able to rein it in after talking to this person and them saying maybe maybe we might see that out of him. It was neat to see him rein it in and take a walk and, and accept the pitches given to him instead of continuing to, to try for that, you know, early home run or something to, to try to cement his way on the team with one game, you know? Right. And that is a good sign. And I think that's, that is a bit of the concern, right? When you're talking about Yepes and Gorman, Maybe even Newt Bar, although probably less with him because he does have a bit of a track record. If you're going to have those guys kind of penciled in as your DH options, they have to hit, right? I mean, that's really the only thing is a DH can do. And if they struggle, if they're not ready, then you're kind of kind of scrambling around to patch that hole. And maybe you see more Newt Bar, maybe you see more Dickerson, whatever the case may be. I think that's one of the few arguments for, you know, trying to find a competent veteran hitter to do that spot. Now, I think all those guys are gone. I think that, you know, if you're talking about a guy that you want to bring in to be a regular DH, I I don't think they're out there anymore. So you're kind of stuck with what you are and hopefully those guys hit, but if they don't, I mean, you've got two or three of them. So, you know, if one doesn't, maybe the other ones do. Has anybody signed Michael Conforto yet? I, you know, that's an interesting question. I see him trending over here on Twitter. Let me check. Um, uh, he has not signed yet. Um, I know Solar signed yesterday. Today, yeah, I think that's the only one that one, he's still out there. Um, let's see. Apparently, there's somebody that's put out there that he, it may be a vaccination issue too which doesn't really really matter to the cardinals i don't think i mean we saw them you know tyler O'Neill took his time to get his um right i don't we don't 100 know that everybody is vaccinated although they give them the opportunity and they don't i think the only you know they don't have to travel to canada do they 
They play Toronto. Do they go to Canada Ooh, this year? That's a good question. But even if they do, it's it's two or three games that maybe you're missing somebody. So I don't I don't know that it would be a big issue for the Cardinals if that was the True. case. Um, but I also don't think, although by now maybe he would be, I don't think they want to sign anybody that's going to play that spot for anything longer than a year just because they expect Yepes to be able to hit at some point in time. You know what I'm saying? Right, I think that's right. why you never saw, you know, any, I, I, the Schwarber thing didn't really make a lot of sense just because he was going to take a three, four year deal and they weren't going to fill that spot for that kind of thing. Yeah. I'll tell you Conforto though. It would be very nice to see that 350, 360 on base percentage in the leadoff mm. spot for the Cardinals in 2022. I, would not argue with that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I feel like the Cardinals are, I don't know. I always think of lineups as, is your top five guys have to be your best five hitters. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've got four right now. If, if Yepes isn't, you know, what you think he could be, or Gorman isn't what you think he could be, or Dickerson doesn't become old Dickerson or whatever, you know, I, I feel like they've got four. They've got Goldie O'Neill, uh, Arenado and, Carlson and I feel like Schilt and by extension Marmol yesterday at least like Gorm or like Goldie in the two, like O'Neill in the three, like Arenado in the four, and I like those three in those spots as well. Yep, I could see Carlson being either the one or the five. I, I really like him in the leadoff spot if Yepes is hitting because I feel like Yepes could be that guy who has a low K rate, but a low low walk rate that would, that'll just attack pitchers mm-hmm. in the zone. And I kind of like that in my five hole hitter is somebody who like, this is going to sound weird, but like Yadier Molina, except for with more Sweet. offensive upside. No, just with more offensive upside. Right. I mean, just yeah. I mean, the, a guy who's yeah. a guy who's, you know, I like, like a Tommy Edmond there, but somebody who's going to swing the bat and put balls in play because how often are those two, three, four guys or one, two, three, four guys going to be on base in front of them, but, but somebody that can do damage with it, you know? And, and I think Carlson can be that guy. And if Conforto was in the one spot, I definitely want Carlson five, but as, as the lineups currently stands, I feel like Carlson can be that one or five, but we don't have somebody who is the other one of those pieces. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that would I understand that, and I think you're right. Um, because you're asking a lot for Yepes to be that five guy, especially to start the season. Um, and but, I, I don't want to hit Arenado that that low in the lineup, but no. I, re- I would really like Arenado in the five as well. I feel like he's a guy who just likes to attack the ball. Yeah. But, but yeah. the Cardinals need him at the four. I'm going to be interested to watch, because I felt last year watching – Nolan, and it's not really a slight on him because I understand, but it always felt like there were times where he would try to do too much, right? That, you know, yes. there's a runner on and he would, he'd kind of expand or he's really chasing to get, he needs to drive that. He just has that primal need to get that run in and it, it, it kind of gets away from what makes him better. And, and you know, he's done, he said a lot of good things about what he did this working this offseason. I'm going to be interested to see if he's able to control that. Not that last year was by any stretch of imagination a failure, but um, if he's able to contain that just a little bit, you know, not necessarily chase after pitches in those situations, you know, he could be 
I mean, last year was great, but it could be even better. Yeah, and what amazed me about Arenado's numbers last year, like I, I, I think you know his OPS was lower than than most fans would have liked. It was about what I expected with him coming to to St. Louis because St. Louis is such a hard place to hit, especially in comparison mm-hmm. to Colorado. But I mean, looking at the numbers, the for the baseball savant numbers, I want to say it was like nineteen and a half percent easier to hit in Colorado by if you take like run scoring and home run hitting and triples and doubles hitting and all that into and then just averaged it all out. It, it was like 19 and a half percent easier in Colorado to be a hitter, but um, which, yeah, just kind of blows my mind that, that that's the case. But and anyway, uh, what really surprised me about him is his on base percentage was so much lower than I thought it would be. And he was able to keep his slugging. And when you think about like, okay, he's not getting on base as much as average is lower, but he's keeping the slugging. You'd think, well, yeah, he's going to get his homers. He might get his doubles, but where would those RBI come from necessarily? Unless he got him in bunches with people on, but his RBI were really there, man. I mean, he, he was over a hundred, wasn't he? Or he was over 95 at least. Yeah. And it just surprised me the way the counting stats came out despite the rate stats, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he does with another year and, you know, having made the adjustment, cause he's talked about, you know, how, how it's different to hit and Bush. And I'm, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to feel figure that out. Right. I mean, the trade happened, end of July, end of January last year. And, you know, he's immediately kind of thrown into spring training. So, um, and it feels like, you know, some guys still never figured out that Bush stadium plays bigger than it should. Um, at times. Yeah. And I, if I would have known we would have gone down this rabbit hole, I would have looked this up, but did you feel like he hit better later in the year at home to you? Without looking at it? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I think he's a guy who feeds off emotion, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. Like like opening day heroics last year, right? Um, mm. And it, as the crowds were able to come back, I'm really interested to see this year if he, if he does really well at home in comparison just, just with the crowds there. Of course, you know, I feel like everybody hit better in August and September than they had That's true. all year long. Um, That's true. Because, and of course that kind of, you know, coalesced into the winning streak, but um, whether that was, you know, again, feeding off fans a little bit more, if it was, you know, just finally getting their legs under them after a couple of weird years, if it was something that Albert's, you know, figured a different way to present some of his stuff and that, or some of that just finally clicked. I don't know, but yeah, that's. Yeah, are you, that's are you buying that? Are you buying that it was it was doubling down on Albert's philosophy or doubling down on the way Schilt was headed? I I don't I don't know. I, I, my feeling is it was more of a of an Albert situation, but I have also said that if Schilt had done what a lot of people say and that he went to the team and said, just ignore him, do what you want to do. 
it would explain the firing <laughs> quite a bit because that's just not going to fly. Um, but I think we've seen enough of that approach in the minor leagues, right? Cause that's what he's done. He's kind of remodeled everything. Yeah. And now the Cardinals have a lot of hitting prospects. Um, eventually I think it was going to kind of click in the major league level. I, I feel like, and I, it's hard to know, but if I was to have to guess, I would say something about Albert's system finally started paying off. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would have leaned that way, except for Schilt got fired and really only one other person, one other coach left. I think that's it. Everybody else stayed with Marmol and, yeah. and, and Albert. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think maybe it was more of them doubling down on his philosophy and, and trying to figure out how to make it work for everybody. Um, yeah. Cause the other coach that left be, was the assistant hitting coach. Right. Right. And so, so maybe he and Schilt were more on the same page, but I don't know. That's me reading into things again. So, yeah, I mean, that's all we can do. We, we aren't there. So we have yep. to just kind of guess by what we see. And that's, you know, a lot of what baseball is, is crafting a narrative around what actually happens. So, you know, if we didn't do that, we probably wouldn't have podcasts and blogs and Twitter. So true um, story, not much else, not much else to do. So, um, <laughs> You know, I was looking as I was looking at some of these, the Twitter and some of the free agents that were are still out there. There is one more arm, free agent arm, um, not a not an exciting one, but it's Chris Archer who has had, of course, success in the past, has struggled as of late, but still feels like a guy that. Well, if Dave Duncan was around, you know, something would happen there, but still feels like <laughs> somebody that might be able to help the Cardinals. Maybe just I've always liked Chris Archer, so I wouldn't. I would kind of, you know, it'd be kind of cool to at least have him around. Um, but you know, you're a little bit more, you know, number inclined than I am. What are your thoughts there? If if they were to actually go that way, uh, assuming this is like a Matt Carpenter type hire that the Rangers just made, where you're giving him a major league guaranteed money if he makes the club, but otherwise it's a minor league offer. I'm all for it. Um, as far as helping the club goes, since the pandemic began, he has 34 and two thirds innings pitched. Yeah. Less than 20 of them at the major league level. Yeah. Um, before that, he hadn't thrown 150 innings in a season since 2017. Sorry, 2018, he got 152 and a third if you if you count minor leagues. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he's kind of another guy of what they've got almost, that he could give you six innings and he could give you 120, and who knows what he would actually give you. Um, it, I mean, obviously, you know, he pitched two years in Pittsburgh, which isn't going to help anybody. Um, right. between, you know, the, the team behind you and the ballpark itself. Um, he did miss all of 2020 and he didn't pitch much in 21, even when he went back to Tampa Bay, you know, like, you do have the ballpark that works for him in, in St. Louis. Um, yeah, I, again, you're right. I, I think if it's a minor league invite with an option, I, you know, it's a possibility. I'd like to see it. It's the kind of guy that, it's the kind of guy that you might catch the lightning in the bottle, kind of like the J. Hap, J. Hap, and the 
John Lester said we saw last year. But we also don't know if Happ and Lester could have done that all year long or if they right. were just happened to be able to, you know, kind of put it together for a couple months. It is probably telling that the Cardinals haven't re-signed Happ, even though he's still out there. Yeah, and it might be one of those things where they've got the pulse on, has anybody else come up to you type of thing? Yeah. You know, and and keeping that available. I will say Archer does not seem to fit the mold that the Cardinals have been signing as of late. He's a guy who 37% of the time, the last three years, 2019 to 21, 37% of the time he doesn't allow a ball in play, either by strikeout or by walk. Um, so he's a guy who who doesn't pitch to contact, you know, like many of their recent signings do. Um, I'm looking this up right now, but I don't believe he's a ground ball pitcher either. Um, which, you know, honestly, I don't particularly care about as a Cardinal fan because we have a very large outfield. We have a lot of outfielders that can go get the ball. And we've got a park that does not allow homers for the most part. But it seems to be something that the Cardinals care an awful lot about. Um, no, his ground ball rate uh, is actually fairly similar to Steven Matz throughout his career, but the last two years, or 2019, it was 36%, and 2021 was 31.5%, so very, very low um, for the last two years. Uh, It lowered his career totals to just under 45%, so it was higher than 45% prior to this year, or prior to, sorry, 2019. Um, so I don't know if he fits the mold that the Cardinals are looking for, but he's a guy I would throw a minor league offer at at least. Um, there's not a starting pitcher out there I would thinking of, but relief pitching, as far as relievers go, most of the ones I'd wanted uh, have been taken. But if they go out to get a reliever, which I, I don't know if they need to, I feel like yeah. the Cardinals always seem to be able to find lightning in a bottle somewhere coming up from the minors. You know, maybe it's Wilfredo Pereira, maybe it's um, – Oh, I'm going to forget his name now. Jake Walsh. Um, they yeah. got added to the 40 man. Maybe it's a uh, LJ Newsom or Waddell or Fernandez or Quezada or somebody they've brought in the last couple of years. But um, Evan Marshall is a name that, that I would not mind them bringing in. Um, he's a guy who, I don't know. I feel, I feel like he, he basically is a healthier, more likely version to give you, 50 innings of what Chris Archer would than Chris Archer is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one one inning stint at a time, but, you know, 50 of those throughout the year and and giving you, giving you that much of what you were hoping from Chris Archer, although it's not coming in three to four to five inning, you know, stints at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, though, that it feels like they've got enough relievers in the – the spots that they have left, they're going to want to have guys that they can go up and down with, even though they're limited to five times this year. Um, That's still, you know, basically once a month, bring a guy up for two weeks, send him back down for two weeks, you know, that kind of. Right. Especially if it's, especially if it's a guy that doesn't break with the big league club, he's not coming up until May anyway, probably. And so that really is once a month at that point. Yeah. Um, So it feels like they're good there. It feels like if they're going to add anything, you know, it's a starting pitcher and it probably has to be done 
with a trade because like you said, there's just not much out there. Yeah, there's really not. Um, uh, Johnny Cueto is basically the only guy out there. And I tell you what, I live in Kansas city now and the 2015 Royals championship was fantastic to watch. And I actively rooted. I've been a Kansas city Royals fan anytime they're not playing the Cardinals for the last 20 years, almost. And I actively rooted for the Mets against the Royals for any innings he pitched in the postseason. And I just hated them having him. It tainted that championship for me of being a fan for a different team. And I would not want him to come to the Cardinals. I would, I don't know if I could actively root against the Cardinals, but I could actively go out of my way to not watch games while he's in them. And I probably hey. would. And, and, and I'm, I'm with you. Because, like I said, you, you saw my immediate reaction. I am yeah. not one to bring, and I don't want them to. But I do wonder a little bit if it, you know, I was a little, I don't want to say a little, I was a little bit too young, not as, as, as involved in baseball in those early 80s and stuff when Will Clark and the Cardinals apparently hated each other with a bright hot passion after that battle at second base. Uh, and the fight that extended. And then, you know, 10 years later, 15 almost, probably, um, he's a Cardinal for the last little bit of his career. And and now I think everybody has a much po- more positive impression of yeah. Clark. I don't think that that's the kind of thing that would happen with Johnny Cueto. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it has to be put out there that, you know, you hate them until they pitch, you know, a no-hitter for your team or something of that nature. And then, right. you know fit the man for red jacket. Um, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think it would be disconcerting for a lot of people. Um, and I don't think the Cardinals would actually go that way. If nothing else, it probably cost them more money they want to spend, but I don't know. I, I think that's going to be an interesting read about how people would feel, especially if they're, you know, if Cueto could help the team right now in their pitching need, you know, how much of that hack story can you swallow and, and let go? I, I, I'm sure it's different for every, different people, but if you're out there listening and you want to send us a message about what you think about Johnny Cueto, go right ahead. I, I would be interested <laughs> to see that. So, um, but uh, without that though, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm really, I'm just a little bit surprised, especially with, you know, I kind of, like I said, I think they kind of, if, if it was just Reyes, I wouldn't. I would say, yeah, they kind of baked that in. They can probably work around it. He wasn't going to be in the first, top five anyway. But if Flaherty's going to be out for any length of time, I know the division is weak. I know that he could almost sleepwalk into second place right now with the Reds and the Pirates being terrible and the Cubs doing that semi-rebuild type of thing. Yeah. But... I also feel like, I don't know, you gotta, you really want to push for that division title if at all possible. And I know that Milwaukee hasn't necessarily done a lot to their offense, but I don't know. On paper, they might, it's a, I feel like it's close on paper, right? And, but with Flaherty out, the balance probably tips toward Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, they kind of they're, they're the opposite of the Cardinals, right? Like you, you feel like mm-hmm. the Cardinals are finally in a spot where where they're starting eight, starting nine, you know, position players now. Um, 
quote unquote position players since designated hitter doesn't play a position, but um, I figured I'd throw that out there for you. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're starting eight, starting nine now. They the Cardinals seem to to kind of have a leg up on Milwaukee and the pitching rotation. The Brewers obviously have a leg up, and you know, I I think Derek Gould has a refrain where you always follow the pitching when it comes to if you think teams are close. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say that that I think the division is to like Milwaukee's to lose or anything, but I think they're probably should be projected to win the division at this point. If we're following the pitching, um, well, we I honestly don't, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, just, I know my projections are not, you know, everybody's cup of tea, but I don't see where we're getting, 900 innings from our rotation this year and honestly with Flaherty out I don't know if I see us getting 800 innings 800 to 850 innings from our starting rotation this year Um, and that's out of like 1,458 innings if you play nine inning games every time Um, and so I mean if you're looking for 650 innings from your relievers you're you're asking for a whole lot Um, and and we know Adam Wainwright's going to go out there every fifth day, whether it's his turn on the rotation or not. Um, but he can only do so much. Um, yeah, he's going to he's going to have forty starts and throw three hundred and twelve innings this year or something. Probably so. He's he's going to go out. He can't hit. You know, he's going to set some sort of record. You know, um, <laughs> so he's going to focus all that hitting energy. If, if, if he pinch hits at least once this year, doesn't he? I don't know, man. I it'd be interesting to see like opening day the the Pirates and the Cardinals just say, forget it, we're National League lifers and yeah. we're going to just do this once and agree to hit their pitchers like you know, hit, just just for a day, you know, hit the pitchers yeah. once and, and and see what happens. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I bet he does get a pinch hit opportunity, and that's it that's may kind be of ten that's one, kind of ridiculous. Game, yeah. You know, I hopefully it's like in the seventeenth inning of a game or something, and they've run out of hitters, and and I don't have to complain about it. <laughs> well, I do think it'll be in a, it will not be in a key moment unless it's a seventeenth inning of a of a game. <laughs> but you know, if it's a if it's ten to one in the eighth inning. Or you know they're losing ten to one and it's the top of the ninth or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Marmol throws him out there. You know, just <laughs> just to say that he got another at bat. Um, he may do that more than once. You know, in, in just blowout situations one way or another, just to see if Wainwright can get another hit here and there. But uh, uh, the old the old pinch run Kyle Loesch once every month. Technique. Yeah, got it, got yeah, it, that kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think. And that's the thing I have seen in my limited looking at DHs. It feels to me like the bench doesn't really matter, right? Um, Not nearly as much. I mean, you got your starters. They're going to, there's a lot more games where nobody on the bench bats in the American league. And when we saw when they had the DH in the national league, you know, in 2020, you had those, those nine hitters 
and that was it. I mean, occasionally you'll get a you'll pinch it here and there, but it just feels like your bench is going to be for when your other, when your starter can't start. It's not because you want to be able to bring them in necessarily in the, you know, the eighth inning when a runner, when you need to, you know, replace a pitcher um, or something like that. I don't know. I, that's the way I feel at, at least. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's the case for teams that have an actual DH, you know, somebody like mm-hmm. the Phillies who have 14 hitters and nobody plays defense or the right. um, the guys who, you know, who, who signed Nelson Cruz. Um, oh, my gosh. The the D, uh, Nationals. Uh, the the Nationals signed Nelson Cruz. You know, when you've got a guy like him, I could see that. Um, I think the Cardinals very well with the team they've got. I think you could see Arenado get eight to ten days as the DH, and Goldschmidt get eight to ten days as the DH, and Bader get eight to ten, and or and O'Neill get or Bader right. and O'Neill maybe even yeah. getting more like more like sixteen or something just to rest them and make sure that they don't get hurt like they have the last couple of years, or you know, see like DeYoung if if you know he if he's actually hitting and, and Sosa begins to hit as well, or Sosa's defense is so good that you, you've got to have it in there at some points, you know, with a, with a Wainwright or, you know, a Hudson, somebody on the mound that just gets ridiculous amounts of ground balls. Maybe even though DeYoung's good at defense, I don't think he's quite as good as Sosa. And so maybe you have DeYoung at DH 30 or 40 times a year, but he might be the most, you know, um, so I don't know that it's going to be one of those that, that you don't need the bench because oh, for the Cardinals specifically, at right, least. Right. I was thinking less about, you know, the season and more about the individual game. The day-to-day, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when you've got a starting lineup, you're not going to pinch it for Goldschmidt. You're not going to pinch it for Arenado. You're not going to pinch it for, you know, it feels unlikely. I mean, there could be situations, but probably not pinch hitting for Tommy Edmond. Um, Man, you know, I'd really like really, to see Brendan Donovan earn a spot on the team and maybe take some of those left-handed at-bats away from him, though. Yeah, but I I feel like I'd be a little surprised if that happens. Um, yes. Agreed. But anyway, yeah, I just – I don't see an – you know, and again, there's going to be – lefty lefty matchups something like that but even in those situations there's just not you know maybe maybe with you know you pinch it you know nuke bar at some point in time instead of yepas or something like that but it just doesn't feel like with the dh you have a whole lot of need for pinch hitting so you know when you see what that starting lineup is unless it's a day off unless it's a guy a day where you know O'Neill isn't playing, but you can bring him up in a key spot, you know, in the eighth inning, maybe. But, you know, I just don't think that's going to be as much of a, as part of the game as much anymore. Now, I'd have to look at the American League, see what they do. But it just feels like when I look at those box scores, they don't have, they're not as in-depth as they used to be for the National League, where you had the double switches and, you know, people pinch hitting and things like that. Right, yeah. I, I definitely think that's true. Just having lived in Kansas City and gone to Royals games, um, it does seem like when it's that day off that they're getting the full day off on the DH and really 
you've got one guy to play that spot on the bench probably. And so you're not really pinch hitting for that guy anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see how they go after a couple more games under their belt. You know, if this time next week, we still haven't seen a whole lot of creativity. <laughs> Maybe we've got a little bit more reason to complain. Um, still not really because it's still spring training, but, you know, we got to have something to fill yeah. the time. So, um, Ben, appreciate you joining me this evening. Uh, kind of walk our way through what we've got. Um, you got yeah, a, a conversations coming out soon, or um, the, a, I'm hoping we, we don't have anything don't have anything planned yet. Projection write ups are on uh, uh, on the way. Um, I've got let's see, twenty some odd written, uh, which means I have a bunch to go, um, but. <laughs> Cardinals Gifts is working on some fun cover art, uh, and and I know uh, uh, I know that it, it's always fun for me at least. So I'm hoping other people will like them as well this year. I, I think they're they're looking pretty good. They're going to be short, sweet, to the point, but but looking pretty good, and and hopefully you get a little information out of it too. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I've always you know my my basic philosophy is you write for yourself. And if somebody reads it, that's great. Um, yep. Still waiting for people to read mine, but you know, one of these days it'll happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, uh, Alan should be back next week. Uh, he sounded like the, the season is starting to get to a spot where he can get back in it. I have forgotten to ask him if they played much this week or how that's how that's gone. So we'll be sure to get a full update on the baseball team when he returns next week. But until then, for Daniel and Ben, I'm wait for Ben. I'm Daniel. What's, what? What am I doing? I don't know. Let's end, let's end this thing. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Good night, Bye. everybody. They just won't go away.